Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me tonight I have Mike. How are you, Mike? Hey, good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the show. And uh, it's your first episode, which does give us the opportunity before we delve into the misery of the two results, um, to ask you the question yeah. of, of, of how you became a city supporter. Yeah, uh, great question. Well, my um, I think it was twenty twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. So my uncle came came from the UK. He had a work conference over there in in Hull. Um, brought brought a, a shirt back. Um, oh, nice. Uh, no name on the back, just a just an empty shirt. Um, and uh, at the time, I was a young, impressionable kid, um, <laughs> and thought, you know what, let's uh, let's do it. Um, little did I know what I signed up for. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that was the start of of a lot of restless nights. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a common theme, whether it's Dan or Mitch or or me as well, where we talk about becoming city supporters and uh, you kind of, you come in with that wide-eyed optimism that, this, that you know, everything looks pretty good, pretty rosy, and then um, you realise that the uh, cold, hard reality of things isn't always quite as good as that. But, uh, you know, that's part of being... 100%. Part, part of being a supporter, you kind of stick with it through the good and the bad and hopefully when the good does come back around, it makes the, uh, the bad times worth it. But, um, the, the bad times were pretty poor this week. It was, um, a pretty, uh, important win- week to get results. And we weren't able to get results in either of the two games. And we'll start talking about the, uh, Bristol city game, which at least was, I mean, I guess in some sense, a bit more of a positive game. We managed to score a goal. We, we looked kind of in the contest, but, um, ultimately yeah. went down two one. but, um, what were your thoughts on the game as a whole? Um, I think we looked all right. It wasn't, it was definitely, it wasn't our best performance, but it also wasn't our worst. Um, I think we had a pretty pacey lineup, uh, in terms of our front three, uh, Scott looked great, um, had a very early chance to, to put us mm. up. Um, I mean, for their goal, it, it comes through a sea of defenders. Um, it, it just goes through the legs. Jordy's a, Jordy's a bit flat footed. Um, do you Gigi think, puts it back. Do you so, think Jordi should have done a bit better with that one? Well, I mean, I, I just watched the highlights back, and and the second he clears it, he's just stuck on his heels, yeah. um, and he's just watching the ball. So if if he were, were a bit quicker, even a second quicker, just to step out um, and put that left foot across, I don't think it would have got through. Um, but if we were to sit here and criticise, yeah. I guess every mistake that our defenders have made, we'd be here for days. <laughs> There's been a few of them, haven't there? Um, but yeah, like as you said, yeah. I mean, S- Scott looked pretty, pretty promising up up top. Um, Terrell was playing some good passes through to him from midfield as well, which um, obviously yeah. gave us quite a few opportunities early in the game. Um, Wilkes, I mean, I think Wilkes kind of grew into the game as it went on, but um, you know, sort of as after we went down a couple of goals, we we sort of started to press them a little bit more. Um, what was your what was your take on on that front three? Because I know that's sort of been where McGann's chopped and changed the most. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting. I guess I'm going to call it a problem we have. <laughs> um, and and you did say Wilkes grows into a game. Um, I I think the Millwall game may have been one where he he came out um, pretty quick, but from what he's he's shown the past couple of games, he's got the talent there. Um, 
but it just takes too long for him to, to I guess, get into the game. And by the time he's, he's fired up, sometimes it's already half time. Um, and that gives us a half if we've conceded in the first half, which we usually do. Yeah. Um, but Scott Scott's playing very well um, to come back from an injury. Uh, luckily, we had the time off, but he, he's definitely made a massive impact. Uh, he's pacey, he likes to cut in. Um, the the issue that I have is is the McGinnis versus the Eves selection. Um, it seems like whenever one is not started, they come off the bench and they're, they're pretty good. And then they get the chance to start in the next game. And then it's the exact same situation where the person coming off the yeah. bench ends up being better. Um, and it's really hard to, to, I guess, stick with the with number nine. Yeah, I mean, I just I can't I can't because yeah, you're right. I mean, like it's such a such a, a a tough situation where neither of them are really pressing that much of a claim to be out starting number nine in a locked in um, best eleven. But like you say, I mean, neither's particularly yeah. terrible, and McGinnis in particular has looked quite good since the restart. But um, they just can't string yeah. good performances together. And it's a it's a massive blow for confidence as well. Mm. Um, to to not have uh, I guess a solidified number nine, uh, so to, like so the rest of the team have have no one to rely on to grab that goal. Uh, and when you look back to to I guess the times when uh, we were fighting for playoffs, we always had I guess we can't talk about him because he's our golden child. But we had Bowen, and you could rely, you you came onto a pitch, and I felt like the players knew that Bowen was going to show up, and they knew that he was going to score. Whereas now. You, you've got a lineup starting with Eves, and and there's no one to say, yeah, Eves is is definitely going to score. I think mm. the best game he ever had was that hat trick um, in the FA Cup. And, yeah. and since then, yeah, exactly. It wasn't even in the in the league. And and you look back, and you're you we saw signs, and we were so excited, and then it just trickled out again. Mm. Yeah, so I think it's a massive confidence issue as well for for the strikers. Well, and and I was going to ask as well. I mean, it's a confidence issue for the players around them, but it must be a confidence issue for the players themselves that McGann just chops and changes the lineup so much that um, I know, for instance, with Scott coming back into the side on the weekend, he would have been desperate to sort of push his case. Or sorry, it was midweek last week. Would have been desperate to push his case to sort of stay in that starting eleven. But um, you know, you look, you look at the fact that we've made so many. I don't think we've had a settled lineup this season really um maybe early in the season but it yeah. must be so tough for the players to get on a bit of a run of form really yeah i i agree um you look back at the golden times in the season and and i'd say we would have had a pretty close starting 11 mm. and then the injuries to to burke and yordi from then on i feel like we've we haven't had a confident 11 that we can put forward and and say, yeah, we're going to win this game. Um, and you mentioned Scott for Scott to, and I thought Scott had a had a pretty decent game at Bristol. And then you look forward to to Millwall, which we'll talk about in a bit, and for him to to be dropped to the bench. Yeah. Um, and I, I was just very confused with with that selection. But yeah. Yeah, and and, and um, look, I mean, we may as well we can go into the Millwall game now as well because obviously we we did manage to get a late one back against Bristol City, but it, it wasn't enough. Um, and it's you know, sort of yeah. a, a symptom of the two games, um, Millwall as well, where we go down to that first goal um, against Millwall in the first few minutes. And I know McGann sort of afterwards was bemoaning the fact that in, I think, five of the last six games or six of the last seven, we've conceded quite early in the game. Um, but you can't, you can't keep uh, sort of deflecting away from our own failings by saying, oh, look, they got that, you know, it was a great strike, but 
you're kind of letting them in those positions and it's happening too often for it to just be chance. I mean, yes, it was a penalty against Middlesbrough and yes, it's this and it's yes, yes, it's that. But at the end of the day, we're in the position we're in because we can't just, we can't defend resolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think Elder had a, had a post-match conference as well after McCann and, and he said the words, it's simply not good enough. Mm. Uh, And which I think, I think I, it's great hearing that from the players, but I think I, I think we need to hear that from McCann. <clears throat> I yeah. think if it were to come from him, it would help. It wouldn't help the situation, but it would help, I guess, the trust between the supporters and, and the and the manager, which I think there there are definitely groups of people losing faith, rightly so. Yeah, well, um, I, I was going to ask. I mean, um, McCann seems to be he's still sort of sticking with that really positive attitude. Um, but it's turned from being, it's not, it's not positive in the way that Nigel Adkins was positive. It's more positive in a, in an almost like a delusional sense, because if you remember back to, I can't remember if it was January or February, but when we were just starting to slip away from the playoffs, and I think Burnsy raised the question with him about whether we were looking down the table or up the table, and McGann got really kind of uh, defensive and, and pushed back on Burnsy to say, you know, how dare you sort of suggest that we could be sliding into a relegation battle. And you look at us now um, and you just have to wonder, is, is the fact that he's kind of refusing to acknowledge our failings actually doing more damage than good? 100%, I think. And I don't even think the word delusional is too far. Um, it's... No one, if you had told us New Year's Day that we would be in the relegation zone, I think everyone would have had a laugh. Mm. Um, we were in we were in a very good place. Uh, of course, there were the concerns that, that this was going to happen. I don't think it was going to happen to this extent. I didn't think we'd stay in the playoffs. So I didn't think we'd get into the playoff positions. I thought we'd hover around mid-table. Um, but now to, to see the position we're in and for McCann to not acknowledge it, is what makes it so much harder because it seems as if there's no way he's thinking about how we get out of it. It's more, we're doing the right thing. It's just not working out, which clearly isn't the case. Well, I was going to ask, I mean, you, you mentioned the um, the Elder post-match interview and, and McGann and Elder both sort of talked about the fact that, you know, the positives to take out of the games or, or I guess especially out of the Millwall game was we're creating the chances, we're getting in the right positions. But I mean, at the end of the day, chances don't win you games. Um, goals do, and we're not really scoring enough of them. Yes, we, we sort of had that run against uh, Birmingham, West Brom, and Millwall where we scored, what was it, seven goals in, in the three games, and we thought, okay, maybe we finally turned a corner, maybe we finally cracked the case, but uh, we're sort of back to our old ways where the game against Millwall just sort of, um, it wasn't quite as bad as the Charlton game, but it wasn't a whole lot better. It just it felt like we just couldn't score, and the fact that he took off, um, uh, was it, no, who was who, who got subbed off for Tafazoli? Was it, was it McDonald? Uh, I, I think it was a direct swap. Yeah. 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 And so the fact then that he took, he, he took off, he took off McDonald, uh, who, who fair enough might've been having managed minutes or that sort of thing. And he brought on Tafazoli while that wasn't sort of directly the issue. I mean, the fact was that we, we, we only made, I think, four substitutions for the game. So we had we had an extra change that we could have made. Didn't bring on Terrell, didn't bring on yep. Scott. I don't think we brought on Lewis Potter either, or maybe we, I think we brought Lewis Potter he on. Came on. He came on for bowler. Yeah. So, so I mean, you sort, of, you, you sort of look back on the days of Bruce chucking five strikers on the pitch at the end of the game to chase a game, and you kind of laugh at it. But 
at least it shows that he's trying to win the game. Whereas for McGann to bring on a centre back for, you know, our last change of the game just sort of sums up, I guess, the attitude at the moment. And and even if that wasn't the attitude, it's it's how it looks. It's the perception. So the fans, as you're saying, who are starting to turn on him and they're starting to get really frustrated with him, have so much ammunition when they look at the way that he's picking the team and playing the, the players during the game. Yeah, for sure. And and it, the, the the thing was, it wasn't even our last substitution to bring Tafazoli on, as you mentioned. We'd done four, um, and it, it seemed the the change for to put KLP on for Bowler as well confused me, because KLP is such he's a he's a fast player. He's a fast. Uh, player he's a he's a really talented kid but he needs that support around him mm. as well and if you kept bowler on and and decided to go more attacking yeah look as you said look back in the days where we had five people up front um it, it's almost like a, he mccann gave up and wanted to limit it to to one goal mm. uh to a one goal loss and you look at you look at our stats across the season and and a few games ago we were the seventh highest scoring club yeah in the championship the, the 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 other side of that is we've conceded the most goals I think now even more than Luton. Uh, so yeah, no, we're four behind Luton, but we've conceded the second most number of goals in the league. That's not a ratio you can have, but we also can't just look at our defenders for that. Um, I think if you look back at at both the Bristol game and the Millwall game, Long has been looking very shaky. Oh yeah, any time I mean... a set piece comes in. I mean, even before the um, the break, he, he was looking quite poor. I mean, I remember there was the Chelsea FA Cup game where he looked awesome. But ever since then, yeah. it's been, you know, quite a few soft goals conceded. Yeah. So there's, it's come to a point where I'm I'm even rooting for Ingram to get a shot. Yeah. Not just a bad to shot. see, or just to, or just to like push along to understand that you don't have 100% security. Because mm. it seems as if he's, he's one of, the I guess three players with Burke and Yordi, who are guaranteed on to be on the sheet every week or for every game. Well, I was going to ask you that question. I mean, do we do we know our best eleven? And you know, three games out from the end of the season, um, it seems pretty mind-boggling that we still don't really have uh, you know a rock-solid best eleven. And yes, part of that's down to the fact that we've lost our our senior right back in the squad. Yes, we've lost Bowen and Grzycki, but. Um, it sort of goes back to our talking about um, Eves and McGinnis where neither of them is really a standout up top. It's just it's just so frustrating that we don't have um, a, a team where if we saw that team on paper, we'd say, okay, yes, we're in with a really good shot of winning this game. Yeah, I, I don't think we do. I don't think we have that. If anything, we've got a, a starting eight, mm. I'd say. Um and and that problem really does come in that in that final third. That's it's it's the most uncertain I think our club has been for a very long time. I mean, you look back a couple of years, um, we had yeah, okay, people would say Hernandez wasn't necessarily the best striker, but he was reliable. He had he had consecutive seasons where he'd scored a number of goals. Yeah. Um, we had Bowen who'd scored a number of goals. We have no one now. Yep. who can just walk up on the pitch, put put a goal in the back of the net, and then give us the lead. If anything, every single game, and I, I would say even for the next three, we'll probably go behind and then have to fight to get back into it. Yeah, and then look, at the moment, it seems as if Wilkes is um, 
kind of becoming that player that that not that you can rely on to score a goal but you sort of have to hope that that he's able to get one and and obviously um wasn't able to get on the score sheet against Bristol City or, or Millwall after you know a pretty decent run of scoring before that but it, it kind of comes back to that point about the fact that the players are such are so in and out of the side that you think if Scott had a bit more of a run in the side a bit more consistent game time maybe he would be able to start scoring a few goals I mean he scored a great goal against Birmingham which was our second um, and you sort of think that could have maybe given him that bit of confidence to go on a bit of a run, but it just doesn't seem to happen because he's in and out of the side. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's what I mean by, like, even against Bristol, um, if he had got on the score sheet early on, he that would have done a world of good for him. Mm. Um, and even then, you look at Wilkes. Wilkes, although he didn't score in the last two, he had shots on target. Um, and he was creating the chances. He runs like there's no tomorrow. Uh, and he'll run at defenders, which is something that we need. But it, it got to points where no one, and I think it was, I think it was the Millwall game. Wait, I think Eve started the Millwall game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I, there was a situation where, where Wilkes was on his left. Eve was in the middle. Um, you could see Wilkes look up and he just took a shot at goal. So <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's like a double-edged sword, right? Do you square the ball to a striker that you don't have confidence in, or do you take on the the shot to gain confidence and potentially score? Yeah. And that's a really dangerous position to be in as a club in the relegation zone with three games left. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, and and touching on your point before, and, and sort of a broader discussion about what these two results mean, as we sort of slide towards the relegation zone, we've got Wigan coming up, who remarkably, even with a twelve-point penalty hanging over their heads if they beat us they go above us you know even taking into account that minus 12 um do you see any way out for us do you see any real chance of surviving this season and if we do is there any hope that we would be able to you know is there something to build on or is it sort of just delaying the inevitable relegation next season yeah so so you know based on chats we've had that i'm usually the optimist um (laughs) And I'll, I even backed us to get promoted this season. Um, I, I was right there pushing pushing for us. I The Wigan game is potentially the most important game of our season. And I know we said that about Millwall. But this, I'm pretty sure that our Wigan game will make or break our season. Um, and what doesn't give me confidence is I'm pretty sure they've only lost one out of their last 11 or 12. Um, yeah, they've only, they've only conceded... Um... They've conceded to one player in their last 10 games, and that's Ben Rama at, at Brentford, who managed to score a hat-trick against them. But other than that, they've kept, I think, 10 or 11 clean sheets in a row with uh, trusty David Marshall in goal for them. Yeah, and to, to concede just to Ben Rama, that's it. That's, he's, he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah. Um, so do I have hope for Wigan? No. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think they're too strong. And that's, I know that there's some dodgy stuff going around with, with the club and, and obviously that's an off-field problem. But given their on-field form, I think we need to pull something out of the bag. But I think for us to do that, I think we really need to shuffle. Um, and, and I know that's probably going against what we've said in terms of having a really strong 11. But we kind of have to throw everything at the wall now. Mm. And I think I think that even requires starting someone like KLP 
with Scott and Wilkes either side of him. I, I still can't understand why KLP hasn't had more starts this season. I think he's only had the one start for the season. And I know I know he's sort of he's sort of come out in the media and and um, in a way praised McGann for sort of easing him into it. But it's a relegation fight. There's no time for, for easing players in or, or playing playing around with, you know, form and, and, and that sort of thing. He's If he's going to be one of our more attacking players, it needs to be him, Scott, and probably Wilkes all starting up top, running at the defence, giving us some pace, giving us some um, options. I know, and I take your point, I think KLP works really well when he's playing off someone. So I don't know whether you, maybe you play him in behind an Eves and you have Eves sort of laying off the ball to the three of them. But I, I think it's also a bit risky to be playing around with the formation too much at this point. But there needs to be something done to really, like you're saying, give it a crack for these last... I mean, it's essentially these last two games. If we... if we, yeah. I think we need at least four points from Wigan and Luton to have any chance of staying up. Do you think we need more than that or, or, or that's about right? I think... Four, point, four points, essentially, I mean, if you call it a draw against Wigan and a win against Luton or vice versa, it means that one of those teams stays below us, essentially. Yeah. So, so take Wigan's 12-point deduction now. Mm. They're on 44, tied with Luton. And then you've got Barnsley on 43 and then us on 45. So we're out of the relegation zone by a point. Yeah. I think four keeps us safe. And I think a win against Wigan keeps us safe. So, so you think, in a sense, that um, the Wigan result could essentially almost define the season? 100%. Yeah. Because I think... Us winning that game not only makes Wigan put not only puts Wigan under a lot of pressure, given that they've got that twelve point penalty and they've got to manage to stay up. Because if they don't stay up, their twelve point penalty. Oh wait, no, 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 no. no, no. So it's yeah. It's sorry, here. sorry, I confused myself. Um, but you look at Barnsley; they're not in the best run of form either. Um, and then we've got Luton. So a win against Wigan gives us the confidence to go to Luton, even though I think we're playing at home. I'm not sure. Uh, yes. Uh, let me check that. No, it's at home. Yeah. Um, so, so we're away at Wigan, then home. home to Luton, yeah. Yeah, so the Luton game being at home and then us coming back home after a Wigan win, I think gives us enough confidence to get ourselves over the line. My only concern is that McCann goes incredibly defensive against Luton if we beat Wigan. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, and it's going to be interesting even to see how we um, how we play against Wigan. I mean, we might go incredibly defensive away at Wigan, thinking if we get a point there, we stay above them on the you know adjusted table. Hope for Luton to drop points against uh, who do they have tomorrow? They have no, they're playing Thursday. No, they're playing. Where are they? Uh, no, they are playing tomorrow morning against QPR. So. I mean, QPI have been in okay form. They've, they've picked up a couple of results recently. I think they won... No, they lost to Sheffield Wednesday in their most recent game, but um, I think they... They have nothing to recently. play for, though. Yeah, and look, that's the concern. And, and that, that was sort of the, the hope coming into these last few games that, ironically, the hope was that Wigan being mid-table would have nothing to play for, but all of a sudden, they're thrust right back into it. So, I mean, QPR did us, did us a favour beating Middlesbrough. That was the game I was thinking of. Um, yep. So they may well do it again against Luton. But um, Luton, it's, it's so hard to read them at the moment. You look at their... They lost 5-0 to Reading. But other than that, they've taken points off Leeds um, and, and a few other teams as well. So um, you, you just never really know what they're going to throw up. Yeah. 
hundred percent. And then looking, even looking at Barnsley, and I think this is where the league's done us nicely. Is their last three games are against Leeds, Nottingham, and Brentford, mm. and they're all fighting for either automatic or playoff secure, like security. Yeah. So I think, unfortunately, goodbye to Barnsley. Yeah. I think they're they're definitely stuck in the relegation zone. So I think it's re- it really comes down to to us v Luton. Um, yeah, and yeah. and that's luckily for us it's in our hands and and the crazy thing is as well you look at the table so we're, we're sitting there on 45 points if we were to be able to get that result against Wigan if we were to win theoretically that puts us up into 19th above Middlesbrough and and then all of a sudden it's not just so much about the points it's also about the number of teams between us in the relegation zone because then you have to have Middlesbrough, Huddersfield, Charlton and one of Luton and Wigan picking up points in their last two games to get above us. So all of a sudden you're playing yep. the numbers game with the teams instead of the points. So, I mean, look, yeah, Wigan, Wigan game tomorrow morning is, is massive. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what McGann does. I think, and it's always hard to say because I think hindsight's always twenty twenty in this where it's, you know, do you go into the game trying to battle and defend for a point just so that we're not, further behind the eight ball or, or do we go out and and push for the win because if we can win the game then it's obviously yeah. huge but but the risk is there as well i think if it were any time of the season to take those risks it's now mm. if we don't if we don't come out wanting to win this we're not going to win it yeah no definitely um uh, before but, but maybe looking at these two games um would you um I mean, we, we sort of talked about the chopping and changing of the 11 and, and the potential of throwing KLP in to start. Would you then look to, to sort of have a set 11 against Wigan? And, I mean, I guess depending on the result, try and use that 11 again against Luton just to get some consistency? Or, or would you still look to try and manage the players a little bit? How... I haven't, I haven't looked at this yet. How many days between the Wigan and Luton game? Uh, it's a good question. I think the Luton game is so it's four sun, days, Sunday it's four morning. Days yeah. Between. yeah. Yeah. So I, I think our team would have recovered by then. Um, if we were to win against Wigan, I would play the, the same 11. Um, but I, I think it, it's more than just the 11. It, it's, and we spoke about this earlier. It's, it's the attitude of the substitutions. Yeah. And, and it's, it signals something to the other team, not just our supporters. If you're bringing on a defender and you're up 1-0, or even, we'll, take, we'll, we'll take Millwall, for example. If you're down 1-0 and you're bringing on a defender, Millwall can sit back. There's no need for them to push for anything. There's no need for them to push for another goal. If you bring on three strikers or, three, or, or winger, a winger and a striker, if you bring on like KLP, Scott, and Torral, Millwall, all of a sudden, they probably would have been like, okay, well... They're clearly going for the game. Yeah, they would have tried to shut up, sh- to shut their shop up, but we still would have created the chances, and we we could have pushed for a goal. We would have put them under pressure. Well, that's it exactly. I mean, if they're if they're put on that back foot, if they're seeing us going for the game, they would probably have sat deeper, like you're saying, and then that in its own sense gives us more opportunities to score a goal. Whereas. Yeah, I mean, not even using the fifth sub to bring Terrell on. It's still, I scratch my head a little bit at, at the sense that McGann's saying, oh, Terrell didn't 
fancy at all, you know, uh, but, you know, said, I kind of, I get he was probably trying to say he didn't want to risk an injury to Terrell, but what's the point in protecting him from injury if you're then not going to play him? I mean, he has to have some value to the team in, in actually getting out on the pitch. Yeah, and him him not starting as well confused me, especially yeah. given he had a he controlled the, the the Bristol game pretty well, and it was just unfortunate for them to score a ridiculous free kick, um, and, and for that to have been, I guess, the winning goal. Yeah, was crazy. Uh, uh, I think for for what he did, Terrell is, is probably one of the, the best players we can have playing that sort of cam role. Um, I think he he finds the spaces that. That I mean, even you look back, and I think something, someone, even like Irvine, couldn't really find. Mm. Um, and for for us not to have that sort of creativity on the ball, I mean, we were we were left with Elder throwing in long balls um, and Yordi kicking it all the way upfield and wanting Wilkes to run for it. And that yeah. long ball game is really killing us at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we sort of touched on it before we started recording, but. Um, we've tried three, essentially we've tried three different players at right back over the last three games in Pennington, McDonald, and then um, Burke uh, on the weekend. Yeah. Do, you, do you sort of see any sense in continuing with one of them? Um, I know the other option is, is probably Lopez. Do you see that as sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul because he's such a valuable member of that midfield trio? I think, and and yeah, we did touch on it beforehand. The the issue with putting someone like Burke or Tafazoli in that right back position is the pace. When you look at a right back, they're matched up against a left winger, um, and or a right winger, however it may be. But there's there's no pace from a centre back to to track. Um, and when you've got someone like Lopez, who can play, I guess centre mid, right wing, and right back, um, we have enough people you can throw up or throw into the midfield that allows him to cover right back. Um, and if we're, if we're looking at, I guess, the formation, I mean, I'd even consider playing three at the back uh, and having a midfield five and then a front two. Um, yeah, absolutely. If, if, we're, we're not, if we're not concerned or if, if we find that right back spot such a dangerous spot, I mean, cluttering up that midfield a bit more doesn't give the opposition enough room to, I guess, run down the right and if they do there's a there's a right back and there's a right mid and a center back sort of covering that area as opposed to just currently having i guess a burke or a a mcdonald scrambling well yeah yeah, and i'm amazed i mean we talked about it on the um the podcast a few weeks ago um and i know the other the whole podcast over in the uk has also made the exact same point that um mckenzie's not even had a look in and he's probably our only natural right back in, in the squad and whilst yes he's an inexperienced one as you're saying if we play a three-man defense if we put you know mcdonald burke and and yordi down there or Tafazoli or mclaughlin or any of our other capable center backs you play elder and mckenzie on you know as the wing backs you suddenly have a whole lot more um solidity behind them in case there are any errors and you do have a bit more opportunity going forward because you've actually got natural wide fullbacks playing um, so it, yeah. it's, it's, it, I think, I think coming into the final three games, it's, it's maybe a little bit too late to, to completely try a new formation. But then again, if we go down without a whimper, we kind of are left thinking, well, maybe we should have just tried everything. And I think that's, it's going to be the case of, well, what if, yeah. um, and unfortunately that's not a way you want to end the season. 
Yeah. And and you asked me you asked me earlier you asked what do I have hope for next season if we were to stay up and I think the only way I would have hope is if a massive sh- massive change happens if it's a shuffle to the formation. Um, I'm I'm not one of the the guys on the McCann out bag bandwagon. I think people are forgetting the first half of the season. Um, in, fa- in fairness, he did have at the he same had pretty time, good players in that first half of the season helping his. Um, his his style or his tactics I, in, in yeah. I understand that yeah um and and it may be a case of him not 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 realizing quick enough that he needed to to change the way that our team goes out there when we don't have players like that um and it'd be interesting to know what happened with letting go our vice our captain and our vice captain mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm hoping he didn't have a part to play in that um but I mean, we've spoken about this many times, and it's there, there's so many things off the field that need to be fixed before I think we can say we're in a good place. Um, there's only so much. I guess we have to let the field speak, like our performance speak for themselves, but a lot needs to happen. Um, well, in terms of our performances, then, do you have uh, predictions for how these two games will go? We've sort of touched on it already, but do you, do you uh, hold out hopes for getting some results against Wigan and Luton, how do you, how do you think those two games will pan out? So I always do. I always I always wake <laughs> up for the game um, with with so much hope, um, and and I'll continue the train. I think realistically, we probably get a draw against Wigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I again, it depends on the eleven. I think if we start Scott Wilkes, and either, I, I mean, I'm assuming McGinnis is going to start given Eves' performance against Millwall, which is a problem in itself. Um, I think if we get ahead early, which hasn't happened in the last five or six games... It, it will be interesting to see... I think that ha- builds a lot of confidence. Yeah, and it will be interesting to see how we could actually handle holding a lead. I mean, yes, we had the 2-0 lead against Birmingham, which was the last time it's really happened, and um, even went into half-time two goals up, and we weren't able to hold it. So it, it would be an interesting yeah. uh, situation. Yeah, I think, I think we've because we're chasing so often. That's where the holes in our defence come up. I think the Birmingham game was a, a, a massive loss of three points. Um, I was so pleased with our first half, even though we weren't playing well. We 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 kept on and we held on, but then conceding early in the second um, really kind of shattered our confidence. Um, in terms of, I guess the Luton game, I think we can beat Luton. And I, I back us for a win, especially at home. And I think that's going to be our last home game of the season because we're away to Cardiff in the last week. Um, so I think we go out with a bang at Luton. And then I hope it doesn't come down to the last day. Yes, well, here's hoping. But um, thanks for joining me on this episode, Mike. It's been, uh, you know, it's not been... Um... The best of episodes to debut on with uh, pretty poor results in the last week. But look, hopefully hopefully these two games against Wigan and Luton can uh, lift us up a little bit and, and end the season with a little bit more optimism looking ahead to next season. I hope so. Thanks for having me. It was a really good chat. No worries. Cheers. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. We do have uh, Wigan coming up tomorrow morning, which we'll be getting up for and supporting City in before we play Luton this weekend. Um, but until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter 
at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back cause you're out